Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Supernatural authority. There's a difference between magic and power. Magic is used to impress and it's used to deviate people from the truth. But power, God demonstrates power to call our attention and to let us know that what he does to move towards us and for us, to give us a hope, as the scriptures say in Romans, a hope of which we shall not be ashamed of. You ever put your hope in something and it let you down? When God gives you hope, it is a sure hope that what he said will surely come to pass. That is what the devil wrestles you for, that you give up that hope. I don't know who I'm talking to. The devil is wrestling for your hope in God. Why? Because he knows that while you hold on to the hope in truth, in Christ, he knows that God is watching you. And as you wrestle day after day after day, what you don't realize is that you're moving closer and closer and closer to the manifestation of what you were hoping for. It could be a restored marriage. It could be getting into an educational system of which the system says there's no money. But yet you believe God and say, God, you're above money. You will open doors that no man can open for me. The Bible says that Abraham, who against hope, he hoped. What that means is when Abraham saw himself past the years of which he could have a child, and science and people would say, you're way past your time. It's not going to happen. Abraham remembered the prophecy of what God had said. And he held on to that prophecy. And when it was time, God said, Surely you shall have that child this time next year. Hope is what destroys the lies of the world. Hope is what gives us power when everyone around us is just falling to the ground. Hope. Imagine that God looks down and he's also all around us. And he sees us as these children that put all their hope in him. Because we live in an age where we put so much emphasis on superheroes because that's what the culture is now composed of. And a lot of people don't realize is that the reason that the superhero culture has made so much money is because people are losing hope in who they are. So they're trying to look outside of themselves towards something that can empower them. But the scripture tells me that we are no longer children of the night. We are children of the day. We are the children of the living God. Our superhero is our father. And the thing is that he imparts power to us. And when he steps out into the field of battle to give us victory, he delights in that. You know that God is your biggest cheerleader. He is your biggest cheerleader. Tonight, I have a word for you 
And it's found in Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. I want to thank the worship team. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. We ready? The scripture says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments for length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck and write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, but fear the Lord and depart from all evil. And it shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. It's talking about your personal health. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase so shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine let us pray father i thank you so much for the reading of your word at this time father as a servant O lord god and a handler of your holy word father i surrender my gift use it speak O lord bind my heart to yours so that i can bless my family here this I ask and this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, tonight's uh, message, or you want to call it message slash teaching, is called the prophetic connection, right? In first fruits or the prophetic connection of first fruits, right? Uh, so many times we hear so much about teachings regarding first fruits. And the first thing that comes to our mind is offering, right? First thing we hear about is giving, which, yes, for a big part of the foundation of the understanding of first fruits, yes, that has to do with it. But what we have to understand is that when we respond to God and we obey God, what starts to take place from the moment you obeyed is now a prophetic movement in your favor. We just read scriptures and the scriptures just talked about, look at this, what it says, right? In verse one, it says, right? Keep the commandments, right? For length of days and long life and peace shall they what? Add to thee. He is telling you, if we do this, this is surely to come. This will definitely happen. And so many people, when they hear the word prophetic, depending on what you have tuned into, some have thought of weird things. Oh, I saw this guy prophesying on TV, and he started saying all this crazy stuff, you know. And so they start to think that prophecy is in connection with strange things. But truly, prophecy 
is in connection to what God is telling you, hey, this is going to happen in your life. I'm going to bring this to pass without your help, and I'm going to do this in your favor. So therefore, when God speaks to you in the reference or in the place of promising you something, he is telling you there is a prophetic move taking place in your life in the invisible. You ever look back at your life and you think about the things that you have suffered and the things that tried to almost destroy you. And then you think about where you are tonight and you say to yourself, how did I get out of that? And it's interesting because... Many people don't realize that in the book of Revelation where John says, and I saw the book that contained the names of those who were written in it before the foundations of the earth. It is to say that there was a conversation that took place about each and every one of us before God created all things between the Trinity and people would say, how is it possible that God can contain all that information? But we have to understand something. We are not talking about a person that struggles with memory. We are not talking about a person that says, hey, you know what? You know what just came to me? You know, God is not a God of randomness. He is not a God that says, well, you know, he dropped the ball. So huh, I got to go looking for somebody because this guy, he didn't do the right thing. No, he is a God who is so far advanced in his preparation to fulfill what he has said that he is so far ahead of us that in the books of heaven, it's already finished. Meaning that when God spoke about each and every one of us regarding salvation and the day that we would be visited by the Lord because some of us think that, oh, I went to some camp crusade and I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ without realizing, well, what also happened in your life was prophecy came and visited you. It is to say that the prophecy of what God said on the day that you would be saved, on the day that you would agree to say, this is the day where the Lord becomes my Savior, God already knew that. It is to show us that our God is so far ahead of us that while at times we struggle with hope to hold on, God already has the solution. I don't know about you, but I have been through situations where I have found myself at war with powers of darkness that tried to basically deviate my path and my calling or basically tried to put hindrances in front of me to say, hey, this is where your calling comes to. It's pretty much over. And the mind starts to say, but I thought that there was a prophecy back there that said I was going to reach this place and this place. Yes, you are going to reach those places. Why? Because in the invisible, God is actually working in your favor. The song we were singing and the song basically alluded to the truth of this. Because at times we get so hooked into seeing the giants in front of us that we're not thinking about the anointing upon us. And so while the giant is in front of us, and I don't know who I'm talking to tonight, but 
David was the only one in the presence of all those people that was anointed to deal with that giant. So don't feel bad if God uses somebody to deal with your giant because it's okay. Because the fact is, is that David was anointed to deal with a problem that no one else there could deal with. It is to say that there are unique anointings upon each and every one of us. Jesus even points to the truth of this regarding our service to each other. He was saying that the depth of our service to each other is so impactful that even if you give a glass of water in my name, I receive glory even from that. I remember one time I was in my pastor's house and I come in and when you're close to your pastors, you know, you get to tend to know who are the sheep that give them the hardest time. Because what we don't realize is that it's a school for you. So while you see your pastor dealing with these sheep, the Holy Spirit is telling you, pay attention. Because one day that's you. And so one day I walk into their kitchen and I see these people seated at their table and they're feeding these people. And I know that these people tried to create the biggest problems in my pastor's life, saying things about them, trying to turn their lives upside down. And I walked in and here they are seated at the table. And I'm like, at this particular level, you would not be sitting at my table. It has to be that my pastor is at a higher level because we know the problems you have given him, but yet you're seated at the table and they were serving them and feeding those people. And I said, yeah, there's a lot more school to this. Uh, school of ministry, uh-huh, yeah, uh, help me Jesus, you know. And, and so getting back to what I was saying, that the prophecy is moving us and moving us and moving us closer to certain chapters in our life that when we start asking God why, we have to understand that the why was actually spoken of before the foundations of the earth. And sometimes God doesn't tell you why. He just tells you, keep walking. One of my hardest challenges was to keep walking while I was broken and in tears. One of my hardest challenges is that God says, no, keep walking. There's a prophecy that's about to be fulfilled in your life. Yes, I know you're crying. Yes, I know you're broken, been betrayed, been hurt. Yes, but keep walking. And so tonight I'm telling you, as you continue in 2020 to hearken to the voice of the Holy Spirit who is telling you, keep going, keep going. Why? Because 2020 is the initiation year, which then brings us into a decade of breakthrough and blessing like you have never seen before. It's funny because mathematics, God's way, right? Mathematics starts to work like this. There's the number zero, and then we have one to ten. And then God, through his scriptures, has always taught us every time things appear in the zero column, that's when it's time to start sowing. That's when it's time to start applying yourself like you've never applied yourself before. In Genesis chapter 1, the world was in zero. Everything was dark. Everything was empty. Everything was void. I love how the Latin Bible, not Latino Bible, the Latin Bible says it. 
the Latin Bible uses the word tenebre. In the Italian, it means, and also in the Hebrew, the force of darkness was moving in the darkness. It is to say that darkness is not just darkness by itself. There's an actual force moving within the darkness. And then when God sends his word in the zero moment, while darkness was operating in darkness, all of a sudden, things started to manifest. Nobody was there to see it. Come on. Oh, man. See, you don't have to worry if anybody is there to see you get to where God is telling you. We get so caught up because people on Facebook, they're constantly posting up. Check out my new car. Check out my new motorcycle. Check out my new man. Check out my new woman. You know. Because we wanted to show everybody stuff. But there are blessings that you are not going to be able to show people. Because if you show them, they are not going to believe what God did for you. That's why when it says God's word is working things out. Yes, the scripture teaches us that those that sow in tears shall what? Reap in joy. It is to say, I'm sowing. It makes no sense. I'm giving. It hurts. Lord, I pray and I pray. Nothing is moving. Oh, yes, something is moving. Because the scriptures teach us that there was a young man named Daniel fasting and praying for 21 days. And he did not know that there was a spiritual warfare taking place above him, above Babylon, that was so intense that it called the two most powerful angels to have to engage in that warfare. I'll even tell you this. Your prayer life is so important. The other day I was talking to a pastor, and we were talking about, and I talked to Pastor Fabian today about it, and he was telling me that he's struggling with the generation now, the younger generation, to get them to understand the power of prayer and they were telling him, Pastor, it doesn't take all that. What you talking about praying for two and three hours? Pastor, it don't take all that. No, no, Pastor, all we got to do is just say these words right here off the internet, and things are going to happen. And we started talking about the elders that taught us how to pray. Elders that told me, oh, you want power? You want to preach? Four o'clock in the morning in the temple until we say it's over. And usually that was at 8.30 in the morning. And so, getting back to prayer. Your prayer is so powerful. We all love that verse that says what? Give. Out of Malachi, it says to give, right? And it says, I will pour out of heaven. Right? right? Okay, watch this. The Bible says that when Jesus was among those that were being baptized... It says that he came up out of the water praying and the heavens opened. It is to say, as you maintain yourself in a place of surrender, that's what baptism represents, and a place of self-death, that's what also it means, and you stay in a place of prayer, what happens? Heaven stays open over you. The second thing. Promises and prophetic movement. Promises and prophetic movement take us to the sure things that we will receive from God. He tells us in these scriptures that we just read that peace and what? Long life. 
peace and long. Isn't it any wonder why now we are seeing a generation of more young people dying? Because it's a generation that does not adhere to the commandments of God. I am not saying that God is doing that. What I'm saying is, is that God is showing us that when we see these spikes and these rises in these type of deaths and these type of situations, it is telling us as ministers, we need to reach the younger generation because they do not know the commandments of God. Their lives are being cut short because they just don't know. When we talk about promises and prophetic movement, we have to understand uh, when we talk about first fruits, and real quick, uh, first fruits worked like this. God told his people, if you obey me, I will bless the land. I will send the rains. I won't hold them back. I will bless your crops. I will bless your children. That was the deal. He would tell them, okay, you're in a good place. Start sowing, start working. It's interesting because, uh, you know, every time God was about to give a word to somebody regarding their destiny, they were working. Ladies. Ladies. And what I mean by this is this. If that man ain't working, come on, don't get me started. <laughs> Pastor, he's from God. Is he working? Does he have a job? Is, is he working? Because... When God came to Moses, Moses was working in the desert. When David got summoned to the, go to the battlefield to check on his brothers, he ends up going on an assignment that his father gave him. Go and check on your brothers. Go take them lunch. Go take them these pizzas. Go take them these burritos. Can I make you hungry tonight? Go take them this. And so on the obedience of work, David then comes now to the opening chapter of his destiny. It's interesting because we have to understand that when we talk about harvest, yes, we sow. And the Jewish people, what they would do is they would then constantly watch the harvest, watch the harvest. As soon as the first few grains would come out, they would take it, run to the temple, offer it to God, and they would say to God, yes, it hasn't come yet, but this is the little evidence, but it's good enough because it's as if we got the whole thing. And so they would honor God in a prophetic response, which is the big thing that many are not paying attention to. When God is telling us, do this this year, do this, we have to respond prophetically. Why? Because attached to those responses is that prophetic movement and the release of those promises. Number three, the word bikurim. The word bikurim in the Hebrew is where we get the word first fruits from. The word bikurim means promises to come. I talk a lot about society because right now, which is one of the biggest ills of society? Depression. Now, if somebody has a bad day, what's wrong? I'm depressed. And it's not that I'm mocking people suffering from depression. Been there. Been through a deep depression. And the Holy Ghost just came. And how he brought me out 
I'll tell you this. He told me simply, you have a lot to fight for. You have to think outside of yourself. Don't think about yourself. I am giving you something to fight for. Because many times depression is the cause of turning inwardly, thinking about ourselves so much that we give ourselves such a deep self-pity that we think there is no hope when that's what the enemy loves. Yes, look what they did to you. Oh, did you hear? Oh, what they said about you at the family event. Oh, they didn't even invite you to the barbecue. They're not thinking about you. Oh, look, uh, you see when all the people at the water cooler at the job, when they saw you coming, they took off. They were talking about you. That's a lie. My wife says, that's a lie straight from the pit of hell. And so when we start to grab a hold of the actual truth to understand I am in a prophetic Movement. God said something about me. He doesn't have to tell me everything. And here's a big one. When God talked about Job, he had this meeting about Job with the devil in this conference room. And he said all this stuff about Job. And guess what? Job was not invited to the meeting. And after the trial was over, he never told Job, hey, guess what? Me and the devil, we had a meeting about you. And I allowed him to do this and this and this and this. God never brought it up. Why? Because there are blessings that come so encapsulated in the power of healing into your life that you're not even thinking about what you suffered. You're just looking at what God is doing in the present moment. If we get caught looking at our suffering constantly, we just basically become like Lot's wife. Just counting our losses, counting our losses. That's in the L column. Uh, I lost this. I lost my job. Uh, you know, this relationship didn't work out. This is not working out. And I'm telling you, because I've been there. And the Holy Ghost had to come into my life and tell me, you can't live like this. Your wife and your children, they need you. And one of my favorite teachers who went through the concentration camp experience, he said that while they were going through the concentration camp experience, he knew that people were dying all around him. He watched families get marched into the place of death. He knew that he could die at any moment. And he said, I will not let this place take from me the joy that God gave me. And he began to strengthen other people. He began to give other people hope. Even if they were going to face death in less than 24 hours, they got together and they said, uh-uh, we are not going to let this place take this from us. We have to exercise spiritual authority and we have to put our foot down in a lot of situations and we have to say enough is enough. I've had this in Jersey. You know how we do it? I'll tell you how we do it because, you know, Jersey, you hear about the mafia and you hear all these stories and, you know, that's just, uh, that's just life. In Jersey, we just go like this and we just do that, meaning we've had enough, we clean our hands, we are moving on. We need to just basically do this and say the promises of God are coming in 2020. I don't have time to mourn over what happened to me in 2019. Verse uh, point number four. Things begin to manifest as a result of our response. God calls us into interaction. It is to say, we exist and live in this dimension. 
God is in the dimension that we cannot see. But yet, he is omnipresent, meaning that God is all around us. And God calls us to do something here that makes no sense, that requires faith and obedience. And he begins to do stuff over here. And sometimes we just get so caught up and we just want to know what's happening in the invisible. What's happening? No, no. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep giving. Keep believing. Keep confessing. Don't stop. Don't stop. Because the thing is, is that, watch this. The universe, this blew my mind. The universe is still birthing stars. There are still stars being birthed. Well, they found out through science that light is what's called oscillating sound. It is to say light is moving so fast that it's actually making a noise you can't even hear. So when God said, let there be light, his voice traveled with such power that they believe that to this day, the voice of God is still moving through the universe and the stars that are still being birthed are a result of the sound that is actually traveling so fast that it is calling things into existence even though we don't hear it. Things begin to manifest as a result of our response. Quickly, the Roman centurion, the Holy Spirit, opens his eyes at his house and he begins to take this long walk towards where Jesus is. How many of you know that sometimes you got to take a long walk to where Jesus and the healing is? There are some blessings that take place, boom, but there are others that require a long walk of faith. And so the Roman centurion, he is revealed who Jesus is, and he begins to walk. The four that carried the paralytic, they were revealed by the Holy Spirit who Jesus was, and they went towards him. The woman with the issue of blood, nobody preached to her and told her he is the Christ. He is the all-powerful son of God. Nobody told her that. The Holy Ghost told her that. There are things that the Holy Spirit tells us that we need to pay attention to because as we respond, then it starts to manifest a result that then we are like something is happening in that person's life. Point number five, God calls us to respond in trust and worship. When the Jewish people would take the few grains and they would go and run to the temple, I love that. They would take it and they would run, which speaks of activity when you get a picture that your blessing is coming. We need to move. When we know the rain is coming, we need to run like the prophet. When we know the presence of God is coming, we need to run and fall prostrate before his presence. When we know stuff is coming, we need to go back to the place of prayer. And we need to really start breaking the atmosphere and say, we need something new in 2020. Because harvest talks about change. Harvest is a symbol of regeneration. Harvest is a symbol of new life. Harvest is a symbol of sustenance. Harvest is a symbol that God is really concerned about me, my kids, my family. He is not playing no games. God doesn't play games. 
He's not into games. He is into manifesting results. And when he calls us and tells us this is coming, we have to respond in trust and in worship. If the Lord says, look, I know that you only got $50 in your checking account. I remember back in the day, people were constantly preaching that. Now, people are like, you sure you hearing God? You know, and stuff like that. No, God don't need money and this and that. This isn't about money. It's about response. It is about responding to him. And when we do respond to him, we are actually worshiping him. You know you can worship God without instruments. You know you can worship God in your workplace. And the response we give to God, it infuriates the devil. I don't care about him. So much emphasis is placed on him. Why? For nothing. Because of the fact is he's a principality subjected to the hand of the risen Christ. I remember one time in a message I told the people in the church, I said, let me tell you how powerful Jesus is. When Jesus ascended and took his place at the Father's right hand, okay, there are kingdoms on earth. Then we have the kingdoms in the air, meaning the powers of darkness. Then we have the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is so powerful that he rules both over the light and over the darkness. The Bible says that the devil is the what? Prince of darkness, but Jesus is what? The king of kings. He rules over the darkness. Martin Luther said it in this fashion. It blew my mind, pastor. He said, you know, the devil is the devil, but he's God's devil. Meaning, God has ownership of him. And he does whatever God tells him to do. The devil doesn't own himself. Because when he appears in Job, God said, where you been? But God knew, oh, just walking to and fro. And so a lot of times we think the devil is just a rebel that just does whatever he wants. No, it doesn't work that way. He is subjected to the power of the Christ. The Christ rules over all kingdoms, even the kingdom of darkness. I was talking to uh, Barry yesterday and I was saying, can you imagine how terrible the presence of the Christ is that the demons, they begged him, please don't torment us. Because people say, you know, all oh, the demons, what they can do in this and this and this. And you're probably saying, what's this got to do with first fruits? Watch. And so when the demons knew that the Christ was on earth, they ran to him and begged him. Do not torment us. I cannot imagine what level of torment that God can produce that would make a principality just basically beg him and say, don't hurt me. And that's why we have to understand that when we respond to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in obedience, can you imagine what 2020 is going to be like for you? Point six, 2020, you're probably asking now, what does P-E-Y mean, Pastor? Entering into a decade of breakthroughs. I'm glad you asked. P-E-Y is one of the Hebrew letters, okay? Right now, in the Jewish community, 
the prophets and the ministers in the Jewish community, they're not Christian, they're Jewish, but they pay strict attention to the times. They have just recently said, we are in right now the time of pay. Meaning, we are entering into the decade of breakthroughs. A dec 10 years of, what, wait, 10 years of breakthrough? Yes, Pastor. Yes, yes, Sister. 10 years, 10 years. Oh, so what do I do? I respond in faith. Why? Because then I enter into a dimension of worship. And when I enter into worship, I'm ready to obey. When I obey, then I line myself up with the prophetic move of God. Then the prophetic move of God starts to move objects away from my path so I can get to where I'm going to get to. Have you ever thought to yourself that you are not going to basically receive some of the things that are written in scripture all because one obstacle after another keeps presenting themselves? But this is how prophecy works. I just need a volunteer. You, my brother, can you just come up real quick, right? Two minutes and I'm finished. Prophecy works in this fashion. Stand right here. And so, facing that way, see this big guy right here? Hey, I need a bodyguard for my ministry. You know, okay? You'd be great. So, so, so this is how prophecy works. I'm here walking in my journey of life. I do what God tells me to do in my giving. I do my best to obey. But then there's the human weakness and the human aspect of myself that I fail. Now watch this. Prophecy starts to now move in front of me to now deal with things that I cannot deal with in my human strength. So that this way, this right here is the representation of the movement of God's word in your life. <laughs> we think that the movement right, is initiated by me. No, because if that's the case, I don't need the movement because I can move the mountain by myself. That's why when Jesus says, and you shall say to this mountain, be thou removed. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that through our confession, we are tapping into a prophetic move that handles the mountain. And while I am connected to the prophetic move and I continue to confess, I will see the prophetic move move the mountain in front of me. Thank you, brother. Thank you so much. I finish. I don't know about you, but 2019, I felt like I was dealing with an army of stuff. I couldn't wait for 2019 to finish. I was like, Lord, please just help me to cross the goal line. If you love football, okay, I'm a New York Giants fan, sorry. The Jersey boy is here. But if you see in football, one of the most exciting things is to see the running back break through a wall of guys and make it to the end zone. Guess what? That's what I felt like until the Holy Spirit gave me this word and he assured me, no, no, your anxiety and all that other stuff you're stressing with, that's because you're trying to figure out in your human mind how to move the obstacle. And you're not relying on the fact that I'm moving the obstacle without your help. 
We. So, Papa, I call him Papa. I said, Papa, so then uh, what, what do you need me to do? Just keep walking. But wait, how many hours should I pray? Just keep walking, angel. Uh, but Papa, you know, I, I, I want to deal with this, and I feel like it's my Christian duty. I should deal with this. He's like, it ain't got nothing to do with your Christian duty. It has to do with the glory of God. So when people say, how did that happen? All I could do is lift up my hands and say, it was God, and God gets all the glory. I can't describe it to you, but I can tell you, God's favor was moving stuff for me that I could not move on my own. Let it stand. I'm going to make prayer, but also a calling. But before I do that, I want to say to you this. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. Fear not. For he who is with you is greater than your obstacle. He who is with you has all power. Sometimes we have to rest until God tells us, let's get walking again. Sometimes we're so drained and God tells us, take a rest. Just like he told the prophet Elijah, just eat and drink for a long journey awaits you. And so what I say to you is this. I cannot be descriptive to the degree of saying, I know exactly how God is going to do what he's going to do in your life. I can't do that because only God can. But I can tell you this, he is moving obstacles in your favor. Through the connection and the covenant, the Lord Jesus Christ is going to bring a harvest, not just in the financial and the economic, but in this particular chapter in Proverbs, he talks about mental health, he talks about physical health, he talks about spiritual health, and he talks about financial health. He talks about health on all those dimensions because that is the God that we serve and that is our Father. So therefore, I want to call anybody up here if you need prayer so that God would sustain you and give you direction so that when it's time for God to just tap you and say, this is where we begin a new prophetic chapter in your life. I will pray that God give you the strength that he will make your ears sensitive, that he will touch your hands so that you don't refrain from what the Holy Spirit is telling you, let it go. It's time to let it go. If there's anyone here that wants to accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, the altar is open. And I will pray with you and I will pray for you. The altar is now open.